You are listening to the Brave AF podcast. This is the place where we talk about what it takes to live a bold, brave, and badass life, which of course is the mindset behind it all. You're in the right place if you want to give fewer fucks about what other people think, quit the procrastination, stop the people pleasing, and release your tight grip on perfection. I know a thing or two about all of it. (laughs) I am your host, certified life coach and rebel, Zena Jones. And I am on a mission to help women lead brave as fuck lives whilst also having their own backs. So my friend, let's fucking go. Hello, 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 my friends. Welcome back to the Brave AF podcast. Happy whatever day it is you're listening to this. It is a Tuesday here. (laughs) Happy Tuesday from the future. So I wanted to let you know, I'm going to talk a little bit about my experience. I've just been in Sedona for my mastermind retreat, uh, which was absolutely magical and amazing. And y'all, it has got me thinking about hosting retreats again. If you did not know, I used to host retreats and COVID shut that down and I kind of rethought uh, my business model and how I wanted to have an impact on the world. And now after this experience and talking to a couple of other people who run retreats, I am thinking it might happen again. So if you want to be in the know for that, I definitely recommend you get on my email list and follow me on social media. I'm loving hanging out on Instagram, xena.jones.coach. And obviously the website, you can visit xenajones.com. So just putting that out there, my friends. So I'm going to share a little bit about that as it relates to advocating for yourself, which is what we're talking about today, which I'm so excited to share with you all. I have had some big lessons and revelations in this area myself, and I have seen it a lot with clients of late. So I am excited for this topic. And before we do that, I just wanted to also let you know that I have two spots open this month for coaching. So if you would like to explore applying everything we talk about here on the podcast to your life and hiring me as your life coach and working together, then now is the time. So you can visit xenajones.com and schedule a free consultation and let's get started. Okay, so I have just been on a magical adventure to Sedona. I flew from New Zealand to Hawaii. I spent two nights in Honolulu, hung out with my friend Jess, who we recently had on the podcast Episode number 174, Emotional Freedom with Jess. That was incredible. So I got to hang out with her. She showed me around. We did some hiking. It was amazing. And then just before I flew to Phoenix in Arizona, I started to feel a little bit unwell. I was like, oh shit, I think I'm getting a cold. Got to Phoenix, spent a night in Phoenix by myself. And I went the next day. I was like, oh shit, (laughs) I don't feel so great. Had to find a pharmacy, bought some COVID tests, did the tests. Thankfully I was negative and I contacted my coach, Melanie Childers, who is my feminist business mastermind coach. She's incredible. And I contacted her and I was like, Hey, I am not feeling well. Just giving you a heads up. I'm sick. I've done a COVID test. I'm negative. Um, you know, what should I do here? Should I wear a mask? Are we okay? Am I, can I still come? Let's be honest. I was low key, not low key. I was pretty much freaking out in my hotel room all by myself. Anyway, 
I ended up going on this mastermind and yes, I was sick and I lost my voice for a little bit of the time, but I was in Sedona and I was with 12 beautiful, incredible women, all, you know, sharing our journeys, our lives, our businesses and up leveling together, which was the most incredible experience. For those of you who who are not familiar with Sedona, the Red Rocks, the, you know, the portals to another dimension, just the energy about the place it had this real calm grounding feel and I think not only was that the people that we were with who were all of such a similar mindset with similar goals which is incredible to be around to put yourself in an environment of you know women who all want to uplift themselves who want you know to have a positive impact in the world and want to help people and you know to be in a room full of those people was so powerful and not only in a room like we're staying in a in this gorgeous house together for you know four nights in this magical part of the world but also Sedona itself with the the scenery and the hiking and the you know there's so many crystals and there's you know Reiki and there's readings and there's all sorts of different things it was just incredible so guys no wonder I'm thinking about doing retreats again (laughs) to be able to you know bring so many like-minded people together and, and share in that experience just the energy the collective energy together so damn powerful so Yes, I was sick while I was on this trip, but that didn't matter. I got so much out of it. It was incredible. But I let you know that I was sick because I came back to New Zealand and still wasn't well and contacted my doctor and got some medication and got home and I had two nights here at home with my fluffies, my cats. (laughs) If you're not following me on Instagram, guys, (laughs) come hang out and see my cats. So anyway, I spent two nights here with my partner and my cats, and then I had a trip away to a nearby beach, just an hour and a half's drive away, and my partner and I were celebrating our three-year anniversary together. And I was, you know, really looking forward to this, and he knew I wasn't feeling, you know, myself yet, I wasn't, you know, fully back to health and all of that. And it was the Friday that we were driving over. And I had finished work at around about two o'clock. I was able to finish work early on the Friday and he was due to work through till five-ish. Now he has a bit of flexibility in his role. And he said to me, are you okay to drive? And I was like, yes, I am. However, I'm not feeling that great. I would prefer you drove. And he said, well, you know, if I have to, I will, but I've still got work to do. I was like, fine, I will drive. So we start driving and we're about like 45, 50 minutes into this trip and my resentment is building. He has done no work. He is like fully in holiday mode, chillaxing. We got the music pumping. He's like having a great time. He's like chatting about all these things. He hasn't had a single work call. He's done no work, like nothing. And I'm pissed. (laughs) And finally I say to him, so are you doing any work? Because I thought I was driving because you had to work. <laughs> and he's like, oh, oh, do you not want to drive? Do you? And I was like, well, you know, I'm not feeling well. He's like, oh, I didn't think it was that bad. And I was like, no, it's not great. You said you had to work, hence I was driving. He's like, oh, just pull over then, just pull over. I have never pulled over so damn fast. Like I literally pulled straight over to the side of the road, got out of the car, slammed the door, walked around the car. And he's like, oh shit, (laughs) I'm in trouble. He's like, oh, you should have said something. And yes, 
that was the interesting thing. Like this was the first time I really noticed that I didn't advocate for myself and what I wanted. I was not feeling great. And I don't think I was, you know, like I was able to drive. I did fine, but I didn't feel that switched on and I didn't want to be driving. I wanted to be resting. I wasn't well. Now, yes, I could have done it, but I didn't want to be doing it. So I wasn't necessarily advocating for myself and what I wanted. Okay, so this is the first time I noticed it, right? This is scenario one of three. <laughs> so anyway, we get to our apartment and we're staying in this, this beautiful apartment complex on the beachfront that we have stayed in, I would say maybe five or six times before. We love going there. And anyway, we arrive and they've got new owners and that was fine. We'd made the reservation a while ago and she gives us our room key and we go up to the room and we check in. Now, I open the door to this apartment. We're on the fourth floor and I'm like, what the fuck? This is not the one we booked. So we had stayed previously in this one that had the most gorgeous scenery and like, like not just the view, but like inside the apartment, like the furnishings, that was the word I wanted, like beautiful white leather, you know, chairs and this gorgeous L-shaped lounge suite, the colors, the whole atmosphere, the vibe, the energy of it, it was gorgeous. And that was what I wanted us to have specifically for our anniversary. Now, each of these apartments are individually owned, therefore they are, you know, furnished differently depending on the people who own them and then they, they get rented out, what have you. So anyway, I went back down to, you know, the reception and keeping in mind, I'm not feeling well. All I want to do is lie down at this stage and I go back down to reception and I say, hey, this is not the apartment we booked. I describe it to her. I said, I thought it was this number, but when we booked, we had them look at our history from having stayed here before and they said that we were booked in the same one we had last time and she looks it up and she goes oh it sounds like that's number 40 and you're in number 42 and I was like okay she's she goes well look 41 in the middle there in between is also empty do you want to have a look at that because 40 is unavailable so I'm assuming like the owners are in it or it's rented out what have you and I said, okay, can we have a look at 41, please? I said, this is our anniversary. This is a really special weekend. I'm just kind of disappointed because I walked in and that was not what I had in my brain at all. So my, I just need to wrap my head around this. And I was really nice about it. I wasn't rude. And so anyway, we go up and she shows us into the next door apartment. And it's better, but it's not what I wanted at all. It's not what I had in my mind. And I said, okay, well, I guess this is kind of better and my partner says, I thought you'd booked the same one we had last time. What happened? And I said, look, I think there's crossed wires. It, it, you know, unfortunately this happens. And the woman who now owns it says to me, look, number 40, the one that you thought you had booked and you wanted is vacant today, but it needs a clean. So our cleaners have gone home. She said, I can do the clean, but it would be an hour. Do you want to have a look in there? And I was like, yes, please. And so she opens the door. I'm like, yes, this is the room. This is the apartment we want to spend our, our anniversary weekend in. This is the one we thought we'd booked. And she said, look, I will clean it for you. It'll probably be an hour, an hour and a half if you want to go away and come back. And look, the people pleaser in me was like, oh, I don't want to make her do that. I feel really bad. Like, no, we can just like, there's two other apartments here. They're both, you know, you, you see the ocean, you can hear the ocean. They're both beautiful. Like there's nothing wrong with them. They're spacious. They're gorgeous. But 
you know, it's so easy for the people pleaser in me to be like, oh, no, it's fine. We'll just have 41. Like my partner was like, yeah, this one's nicer. It's nicer than the first one she gave us. Like I'd rather stay here. But I really wanted the one that was dirty that she'd offered to clean. And I said, you know what? That would be incredible. I would really appreciate it if you would do that because this is really the dream of where I want to be this weekend. She said, no problem. I'll do it. I'll give you a call. Now, I'm going to tell you, like, it wasn't necessarily easy or comfortable for me to say that, but I was really advocating for what I want and the experience that I wanted to have over these next three days with my partner celebrating our anniversary. Okay. Could I have, like, I could have settled for the one that was a slight upgrade to the first one she gave us, right? Number 41. I could have settled for that and I still would have been a little bit pissed or a little bit resentful for the remainder of the weekend. I really would have been kind of people pleasing and, and doing it to like make everyone else feel more comfortable rather than myself be comfortable. That makes sense. So anyway, that was scenario two. <laughs> and the third one, the third scenario was, so the next morning, so we get checked in and everything and we have a beautiful evening in the apartment. And then the next morning we go out for brunch and we go to a cafe that we go to all the time. That's really lovely. And we walk in and it's maybe half full. And there's lots of little tables for two people. And so my partner picks one and he sits down and he's like got a view and I've got my back to kind of where the view is. And I'm like staring at a wall pretty much. (laughs) And I'm like, small little table. And I was like, you know what? No, (laughs) I don't want to sit here. There is one table that is like quite a large table. We're a group of two, right? There is one table that is a large table and it would fit six people. And I say to him, you know what? I'm going to move. I really want to sit over here. And he's like, can we do that though? Like that's the only big table. So what if a group comes in? I said, you know what? Right now there are no groups. There's no one else waiting. They could put tables together, rearrange the furniture really easy. I was like, I really want to sit there. It didn't have a reserved sign on it, nothing like that. So I got up and my partner was like, yeah, okay. But like I got up and I moved so we could both sit at this beautiful, big, spacious table and have a view looking out, watching the people, you know, the traffic, all the things going on outside. And I was just like, yeah, like this is the experience I want to have. I felt so good sitting there. I really did. Right. Such a simple little thing. And so easy just to settle, but no, like that was the experience I wanted to have. That made me so happy to be able to like, we both were able to sit next to each other on this beautiful bench seat and like look at everything and like connect and chat instead of like staring at each other at this tiny little table, which you could barely fit your plates and your coffee, right? Like it was like, whoa, like this changed the entire experience for me in such a good way. Not to say I wouldn't have had a good experience at the little table, But like this made it even better for me. Okay. So I share these three examples. And yes, I'll give some client examples work related in a minute. But I share these with you to say, to kind of show you like, are you asking for what you want? Are you advocating for yourself? Or might you be settling for what you think you deserve? So as women, we have been socialized to put other people's needs above our own. We have been socialized to think that what other people want or need is more important and also that we shouldn't 
put other people in a situation that might make them feel potentially uncomfortable, right? As women, we do this a lot, (laughs) right? And we've also been raised with this kind of good girl conditioning, which I like to describe as like the perfect uh, perform perfect please, right? We try to perform, you know, make everyone happy, make it look like we have this great life, like everything's going well, perfect, right? Get everything right, do everything right, be perfect and pretty, all the things and please everyone else, right? That's that kind of good girl conditioning that is that is a part of the way we as women have been raised and socialized, right? And that looks like, you know, be good, be good, don't upset anyone, do as you're told, you know, don't be too loud or too dramatic or stand out too much, right? But what happens as a result of that is, you know, we think we should fit in, we should, we think we should please everyone else, we think we should, you know, make everyone else happy and not upset the apple cart, right? God forbid we would, you know, piss people off or make a scene or anything like that. But when we're doing that, we're not necessarily advocating for ourselves and what we want. Right. And it might be in small, subtle ways, but it can also be in really big ways as well. Right. Because God forbid we would upset someone else and make them feel uncomfortable. So in turn, we settle or we suffer in silence. Right? And maybe you might recognize some of this around if you feel any resentment anywhere in your life. Right, Like I was feeling resentment on the drive to our weekend away. Right, If I had said yes to any of those other hotel rooms or apartments, I would have felt a little ounce of resentment for the remainder of the weekend. And even upon reflection of the trip, I'd still be like, yeah, well, it wasn't exactly what I'd pictured, but it was still good. Right, there would be this like, mm, but like this slight air of disappointment in there, right? So I see this often with my clients in their jobs. So one client I am thinking of has recently been handed some extra work. So she was given an extra project to manage at work that's not part of her role, not part of her title whatsoever, And she already had a lot on her plate and she didn't say no, she didn't push back. She simply accepted, well, I just have to, right? Like they've told me that, you know, there's no one to do it and I just have to do it. So that's it. Like I just literally have to take this on. No one else can do it, right? And what she was doing is she was like literally arguing for what she didn't want. She was justifying why she had to do it. She's like, well, there's no one else. You know, the director asked me himself, you know, like justifying and arguing for why she had to do it. Right now, nine times out of 10, they haven't actually said no. They haven't said, you know, or, or, you know, asked what other options are available. They have simply assumed that this is how it has to be. Right. They haven't sat down to have a conversation about this. They have just accepted it. Right. Without question. And then gone to gone on to justify it. So 
that client that I was just referring to, one of the celebrations that we had in our in our last session together is that she sat down with the director and said, hey, right, like I've made a lot of progress on this project. However, I have a lot on my plate right now and I'm going to need to hand it back and someone else is going to have to have a turn or you're going to have to, you know, find someone else to to manage this project or hire them, what have you. I'm happy to help with the transition of handing the reins over. And when she did that, she was advocating for herself. She was speaking up and saying, hey, I've got enough work on my plate. I'm not able to continue with this. Here is the, pro- the progress I have made. Here is what I am willing to do to support you in finding someone else. And would you believe it? I am not surprised by this at all. The director said, oh, no, that's no worries whatsoever. I will do it. Thank you so much for all of your help. She was like, what the heck? It's that easy? I was like, yeah, when you advocate for yourself, it is that easy. People want to help. They want to support you, right? But so often we don't see that because we make assumptions and we settle and we justify why we just have to do it. We have to put up with it. We have to accept it, why we should, right? But she had such a beautiful outcome when she had her own back. And that's what advocating for yourself is. It's it's asking for what you want, asking for what you need. It's advocating for you is having your own back. When she did that, she had such a beautiful outcome. She's blown away. She's like, holy shit, it gets to be that easy. Uh, yeah, it does. It really, really does. <laughs> so another one of my clients Right now, she's in the process of writing her first novel in a series of novels. And these are books that are going to change lives. The storyline, the message that is woven in throughout is absolutely incredible. Now, she is doing all of this whilst working full time in a corporate job, a job that she hates. Okay, her manager is an ass. He is an asshole. (laughs) And... He also has no idea how to manage people, right? So this is the first team member that he has had to manage. He doesn't know how to do that. And he's not really a very good people person. But also she is constantly working overtime. She keeps saying yes. She's not pushing back. She's not being paid for the overtime. She's on a salary. So when she works past five o'clock, which she does frequently, she's not being paid She's feeling a lot of resentment. She's got a lot of pressure, a lot of deadlines, deadlines she's having to push out. She feels undervalued and overwhelmed. And what happens when she feels that way and she's doing all of this extra work is she's not writing her novels. She's not in the best headspace to be putting, you know, herself in her story and creating that. So her dream is getting pushed further and further and further away because of all of this shit going on at work. And all the extra hours she's taking on, all the extra mental energy it's taking up, how overwhelmed she's feeling. She just wants to like veg out on the couch and watch Netflix instead of having energy after work to put into her novels and her creating and her dream. Right. So it's having like her work life is having such a negative impact on her on her dream and her ultimate, you know, when she's a published author and she gets to quit this job, she's going to make millions from these books, guys. She seriously is. But that dream is getting pushed further and further and further and further away because of all this shit going on at work. Now, she was coming to our sessions telling me why she just needs to suck it up, why she just has to deal with it. 
right? Why this is just the way it is, why there's no one else to take it on. Like, well, she has to try and help and she has to try and teach him how to manage her and how she has to, you know, support all these other teams that she used to be a part of and these other roles that she used to have because they haven't found anyone yet. She was literally justifying why she feels the way she feels, right? She was justifying, you know, being overwhelmed and undervalued and justifying having to do all of this extra work, right? And what I said to her is like, you are fighting for what you don't want instead of fighting for what you do want, right? You want to be in a job. Yes, you want a job right now, a a job that, you know, gives you health insurance and pays your bills and, you know, offers you freedoms, so that you can support yourself through writing your novels and bringing that dream to life. So yes, you want a job right now that offers you all of these things, right? But it doesn't mean that you have to fight for why you should be overwhelmed, why you should be in this job specifically. There are other jobs that you could have that you have been offered that will pay the same. They just don't have this level of um, title, let's say, attached, right? Also, it's not your responsibility to help everyone else. It's your responsibility to do your work. There is so much people pleasing happening here. Right? It's your responsibility to do the work that you have been assigned. You don't have to help this other team because they keep fucking it up and having to push deadlines out. Right? You don't have to take a meeting after five o'clock when you have finished work for the day. Right? Like, are you justifying and kind of arguing for what you don't want? Or are you fighting for what you do want? So she left our last session together with a totally different frame of mind because she is in a position where she could actually change jobs and stay within the same company. It would be very easy for her making the same amount of money with a shitload less responsibility. Now, I'm not saying that that is necessarily the right choice for everyone. However, knowing that having a corporate job is only a short-term thing for her because it's not her ultimate goal it isn't a step backwards or a step sideways it's actually a step towards her dream because to change and take on that other role actually supports her dream and and makes her a published author sooner it puts her novels and her work out in the world sooner right not only that like she had a totally different um, approach to her boss, to the other people that she kept saying yes to, to the other people that she was people pleasing, because she was, you know, putting their needs and their work and, you know, their happiness, their comfort above her own. She could clearly see that her constantly saying yes, trying to please everyone else and do all these things for everyone else and take on all this extra stuff, like that was at the detriment of her and ultimately at the detriment of her dreams, of her happiness, of her comfort, of her pleasing, right? And when you can truly see that and understand why we do it, right? We are conditioned to do this. We don't need to beat ourselves up for us as women. This is 
you know, a habitual thing that we do. But when we can see that and understand it and then we can be like, oh, okay, how do I want to treat myself? How do I want to show up for myself? How do I want to teach others to treat me in the process? Right? We get to be kind to ourselves and then supportive and we get to advocate for what, our want, what we want. Right? We get to have our own backs. So often I think that this comes down to deserving. Like thinking, no, 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 this is just what I deserve. Right? Like, do you believe that you deserve to have the outcome you want? Right. So do you believe that you deserve to clock off at five o'clock and leave the rest of the work for tomorrow? Do you believe that you deserve to delegate? Do you believe that you deserve to say no? Do you believe that you don't have to people please? Right. I think there's this element of deserving, which I'm still kind of like unpacking right now, especially with myself and the situations I've been in. Like, where does that come into play? So to switch gears a little bit, I wanted to share a different story. One of my clients, she is a teacher and she works with a lot of high needs and unique kids. And these are kids who have Asperger's, ADHD, autism, kids with insomnia, anxiety. All of these children who come through her classroom, they are incredibly smart. Okay, as is she. She's one of the most intelligent people I know. And she is a huge advocate for them when it comes to learning in a way that helps them like she's an advocate for them full stop but she is so passionate about helping them to learn to absorb the information to get the lessons that they are there to get so that they can do really well on their exams on their tests on their you know you know going through to college their applications all of that So in the process of helping them to advocate for, you know, what it is that they need in learning, she's teaching them how to advocate for themselves. So what I mean by that, and I think I kind of wrapped all of that and muddled my words. (laughs) We're rolling with that, my friends. But what I mean by that is like she has recently got uh, a couple of standing desks and she was able to put them in her classroom. And for one of the kids specifically who really struggles with sleeping and insomnia, he can really struggle to stay awake. And what they were doing is they were getting him to, you know, get up and walk around more. And that could be a little bit disruptive to some of the other students. So now she had she's been able to navigate you know standing desks out of the school and put them in her classroom and now she can either like look at him and give him a little wave or like you know they can have like some kind of an indication that he needs it or he can like ask for it he can literally just get up go to the standing desk stand up and then his body changes his state he's in a different you know, different ways so he can start to kind of absorb that information. He can help himself to stay more awake. He can move around more, right? He can be on his feet. He can move without distracting everyone else. Another one that I love is the fidget spinner. So you can get these ring kind of things. It's like three rings that are kind of connected together and they're like, they kind of spin around. 
I don't know, I'm going to call them fidget ring spinners. I'm trying to get my hands on some. And anyway, for her kids who have ADHD, they need to be doing something else whilst they're absorbing the information. And she gives her information via stories, via, you know, videos, via, you know, utilizing the big projector screen and bringing up, you know, YouTube videos and and various things and looking up things online, as well as, you know, written form as well. So she's covering all of these different, you know, basis and, you know, giving kids the tools that they need to support them. Like I know with my ADHD, like often on a client call, like I will have something in my hand and I will be moving it around in my hand so that I can stay present with what my client is saying. Right. And so with these kids, if they've got these fidget spinners or sometimes it's squishy balls, like stress balls and things like that, something they can be doing with their hands to occupy themselves, then they can also be helping to retain this information. Right. So she is advocating for these students, these students who are, you know, the minority and are often left behind. She's really advocating for them and she's helping create awareness with other teachers and with parents and she's advocating for so much more does that make sense and in doing so she is teaching and this is the part I love like guys I get so passionate about this she's advocating for those students and teaching them how to advocate for themselves so she's now taught them that when they go into their English class class or their maths class or whatever other class that they have that they get to ask the teacher, hey, like, I'm going to need to get up and walk around. It's going to help me to learn what you're saying here. Or, you know, do you have a squish ball or something else that, you know, I can use or, you know, just letting the teacher know, hey, like, this is going to happen. This is what I'm going to do because it's going to help me to stay present in this class and take my notes and get what I need to get out of this. Right. So she's teaching them how to speak up and advocate for themselves so that they can have the best possible experience. Isn't that fucking cool? (laughs) And we get to do that for ourselves. And I think that so much of this as as women is so often where we can be really good at advocating for other people. We can advocate, you know, if you're a mom, you can advocate for your kids. If you're an auntie, you can advocate, advocate for your nieces and nephews. Right. As a, as a woman, you advocate for your friends, for your family, for the people you love and care about. Right. Maybe you advocate for your pets. I'm so passionate about cats and pets. I advocate for all the fluffies. Right. But are we advocating for ourselves? And what might change if we were to advocate more for ourselves, if we were to ask for what we want instead of, you know, people pleasing and putting everyone else's priorities and needs above our own and worrying about the potential of making someone else uncomfortable instead of justifying it right so I really want to encourage you my friends to notice this as you go throughout your day as you go throughout your week this week like where does this apply to you are you advocating for yourself and for what you want where could you maybe be doing this more especially at work have a look at work think about it there where may you have been settling or people pleasing or justifying why you can't have this situation or this thing that you want and where can you make some changes 
And remember, my friends, if you want to work with me, now is the time. I've got those two spots open this month. Book in for a free consultation over on my website, xenajones.com. And let's get started. Have a beautiful week. Huge love. Hey friends, if you want to hang out, come find me on Instagram. I love playing over there and sharing lots of little gems. Xena.jones.coach is where you will find me. Remember, Xena is spelt with an X. Also, you can check out my website, xenajones.com. And if you would like to explore coaching and working with me one-to-one, then please do book in for a consult. I would love to chat with you.